welcome to The Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in John chapter 17, verses 6 through 19, and this is the second portion of Jesus' high priestly prayer. We talked in our previous devotion about how he's going to pray for three different entities in this prayer. In that previous devotion, we covered the portion where he prayed for himself. In today's text, Jesus is going to pray for the 11 disciples that remain. And in the next text, he's going to pray for believers who come as a result of these disciples' ministry. That includes you and me much further down the timeline. Before we jump into today's text, I want to thank the Family Leader for being our 2023 Daily Dose Devotion sponsor. You can learn more about the Family Leader in the announcements at the end of this devotion. And as always, thank you to the Family Leader for their support. Chapter 17, verse 6. Jesus is praying to his Father. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. We're going to find out soon that Jesus is referring to the 11 disciples here, and it's interesting that he acknowledges that they are the ones who God the Father gave him, which gives us an understanding of how the Trinity, the different persons of the triune God, operate. God had these disciples before he gave them to Jesus when he came to earth and did his ministry. And Jesus says that they've kept God's word. Now, Now, that's not to suggest that they were perfect. No one except Jesus is. But generally, they were oriented toward God. They were interested in God's word. They were obedient to Jesus. Let's continue in verse 7. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. So these are all very carefully crafted statements by Jesus. Jesus is not saying that the disciples fully understand God's redemptive plan. In fact, it's going to shock them what's about to happen here in a few moments when he's betrayed, arrested, beaten, crucified, and eventually rises from the dead. But they do believe that Jesus is from God, which is very significant given the information that they have at this point. And you can compare and contrast that with the Jewish leaders, the teachers of the law, most of them who don't believe that Jesus is from God, but that he's from Satan. Verse 9, I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. When Jesus says he's not praying for the world, that doesn't mean he doesn't care about the world. It just means that he's focusing his prayer on these 11 disciples who are going to be the vehicle through which the gospel is taken to the world. He's praying for this instrument that he's created called the disciples, which will become the early church, which will eventually reach people from every tribe, tongue, and nation who will put their faith in Christ. You could say he's indirectly praying for the world, but he's focusing his prayer on the people who are going to get this whole thing started after he leaves. Verse 10, all mine are yours and yours are mine and I am glorified in them and I am no longer in the world but they are in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name which you have given me that they may be one even as we are one. So here's a great statement on the Trinity. Jesus, the Son, and God, the Father, and the Holy Spirit are all one. And he's praying that that same oneness, which is displayed within the Trinity, would be displayed and manifested within these 11 disciples. Of course, it's not going to happen to the level that it happens in the Godhead. But at some level, Jesus is acknowledging that it's possible for the oneness which exists within the Trinity to be experienced by humans on earth who are like-minded in their faith and in their pursuit of Christ in godly things. Verse 12, while I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded
guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Of course, that's referring to Judas. There were 12 disciples. Judas, just after the Lord's Supper a while ago, left the group to go betray Jesus. And here Jesus calls him a son of destruction, and he says that that happened so that scripture could be fulfilled. If these are new ideas to you, the general principle that's being touched on here is called the providence of God. How active is God in allowing, if not causing, things which we would call evil or bad to happen and using them for his good purposes? Judas is a case study in exploring the providence of God, and I'd encourage you to dig into that further if it interests you. Verse 13, But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. That's a fascinating element to this prayer. Jesus isn't saying, God, would you please isolate these people from the world? Would you please take these disciples out of the evil world that's around them? He's saying, no, keep them in the world where the power of Satan is manifest at this time, which means there's going to be trouble, like he talked about in chapter 16, verse 33. There's going to be tribulation. There's going to be hardship and pain. But in the midst of them, Father, would you protect them? Would you remind them that they can take heart because I've overcome the world, even though they have tribulation and trouble? I can imagine that that will preach in the lives of some of the people listening to my voice right now. Verse 16, Jesus says, they're not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Jesus doesn't say sanctify them in humanism. Jesus doesn't say sanctify them in morality. Jesus doesn't say sanctify them in doing good works, loving others, being compassionate, pursuing a godly life. No, Jesus says sanctify them in the truth. And that's because the truth, the truth of God's word, is the engine that drives all those outcomes. There are a lot of people chasing those outcomes apart from truth. Namely, pretty much every world religion and new age cult that exists. Every worldview that is other than biblical Christianity that exists. But none of it works if it isn't rooted in the truth of God's word. Jesus is asking that these disciples would be rooted in and sanctified in the truth. Verse 18, As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. It's kind of like the disciples are going on a mission to the world that is similar to the mission that God sent Jesus on to the world. Fascinating. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. And I want to be careful and not suggest that Jesus' prayer for his 11 disciples is essentially what his prayer for us would be. That's actually coming in the next section of this text. But we can certainly learn some things about the heart of Jesus, the heart of God, what we as Christians are up against. And we can be inspired and hopeful that if Jesus' prayer for those guys was that God would keep them, and if God was faithful and willing to answer that prayer, that he'd be so inclined to do the same in us. And I hope you'll come back next time as we look at the portion of this prayer that is for us. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. This is The Daily Dose, a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify Podcasts, or download the free Christian Crusaders app and share with a friend. Also, prayerfully consider supporting our ministry at ChristianCrusaders.org, where you can find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast airing on stations around the world since 1936, and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions, the family, the church, and government. 
At The Family Leader, they are bringing all three together, honoring God and blessing our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight another special ministry partner, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Check out conference videos and schedule of events online at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. Thank you for listening and may God richly bless you.